And everyone's like, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm like, Mercury's in retrograde. Like, I, <laughs> I just can't do it. It's not like Kermit the Frog there, and I loved it. I can't do it. The rainbow connection. <laughs> where we hate spinnerbait but we love taylor swift yeah baby eris <laughs> tour for life <laughs> i'm oh my god you guys <laughs> i just thought i saw a gigantic spider behind me in the camera i I really wish you all could have just seen Michael Ann's reaction because it was like, you know, those videos of like a startled cat. That is what you look like. <laughs> I fucking hate spiders. Okay. Same though. Same. So anyway, I'm Michael Ann and I'm terrified of spiders. And with me as always is Bethany. How's your life been, Bethany? Um, good. I'd also like to second being terrified of spiders. Really all insects, bugs, arachnids I am not a fan of. But life is good. I, again, we're recording a little early this week because we're just very busy bees on our weekends recently. And I will be going back home this weekend. And by that, I mean Disney World. (laughs) And I'm really excited. I'm going home for my niece's graduation, but really for Disney World. Uh, So I'm excited for that. And I got to snuggle my newest nephew for y'all who have been listening to the show for a while and know that my eldest sister was having a baby he came into the world on may 8th perfect eight pounds one ounce 24 inches long he's a he's a tall boy and he is the most precious little angel and i forget every time how tiny newborns are until i see one and pick one up and i'm like you're so tiny but yeah he's precious so small i got i got all the walker hugs he's such a little cutie so yeah i was snuggling the cutest new boy to have entered this world you were in philly living the dream y'all it's happened we finally have both seen taylor and we have things to discuss (laughs) so if you don't want any errors tour spoilies i'd probably just fast forward a little bit can't tell you how long it's gonna be because honestly it could be five (laughs) minutes it could be 30 we we don't know just fast forward and see what happens but if the runtime of this episode is an hour and a half just you all know hour of it might be discussing heirs tour and the half hour might be discussing the chapters we're supposed to have read and again that is no disrespect to this novel it is fantastic it's just have you been to the heirs tour you'll understand yeah. yeah like have you experienced like first of all um i don't want to brag but i was at the show where during bad blood she yelled at security so i heard that live and i remember looking at my the girl i was with and i was like did she just yell at security and she was like i think she did and so now it's popular on on the internet and yeah. i'm like ha, 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 i was there it is it's it was, it's like this new iconic tiktok meme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um oh my gosh let's just go through the whole weekend shall we 
Yeah. Hit us. Hit us from, you know, the top to the bottom. (laughs) So as I'm not sure if I mentioned this previously on the podcast, but going to the Taylor Swift concert was actually totally random for me. I did not get tickets. I didn't even try because I've been burned before by the Mind Chemical Romance tour (laughs) and the last time Britney went on tour and I'm just done dealing with popular concerts. So this woman who I I worked with at Disney literally like 10 years ago and who I have not seen since then messaged me on Instagram and she was like, hey, I have an extra ticket to the Eras tour if you want to come. Like I've been wanting to ask you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa what just happened so anyway i fly to philly i stay in this girl's house i'm like a little nervous about it because again i hadn't seen her in many years and we didn't really talk that much when we worked together so it was like totally random Mm -hmm. but she could not have been nicer she could not her and her husband were both so welcoming she made me a bunch oh, of Taylor what? Swift stickers. She got me a t-shirt. Aww. She like made me my own see-through bag and friendship bracelets. And then she cooked this like beautiful meal on Friday night. And it was just like, honestly, amazing. We just played Zelda and like bonded. And I couldn't have been happier with the That's experience. Beautiful. I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I was like, this is so nice. And like her husband was so cool. And they have two little Shiba Inus. And Shiba Inus are very cute. They're very cute. And it was lovely. And then on Saturday night, we went to the Taylor Swift concert. And oh my fucking God. So I skipped the opening acts. I had Gail and Phoebe Bridgers. But I skipped it because Brooke really wanted to see them. That's where I went with. Her name is Brooke. But I really wanted merch. And so I waited mm. in the merch line while the opening acts are going on. But I only waited like 45 minutes, which was pretty dope. Oh, not bad. Um, I got a tote bag and a water bottle because you can't get those online. Sweet. It's true. And she got the bracelet, which I'm kind of jealous. I kind of wish I got the bracelet, but it's okay. And <laughs> like in retrospect. Yeah. In retrospect, I was like, mm, I should have got the bracelet. But I think they have it online. So if I ever want it, I can just get it online. You can but anyway. get it. Or my friend Katie is going to just go to one of the Seattle nights that she's not attending and just wait for merch. So I'm just making her be my little merch mule. (laughs) She was like, hey, because we did not wait in Atlanta. And she was like, hey, girl, if you want anything, let me know and I'll pick it up in Seattle. And I was like, you're the real MVP. (laughs) There were 20,000 people outside the stadium on Saturday night in Philly listening that didn't have tickets. 20,000 people. It's like tailgating, but for a concert. That's wild to me. 20,000. So there's 70,000 sold out seats in the show. And then 20,000 people outside just listening. Like, this woman is so powerful. But, I mean, every single second of the show is amazing. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. the Reputation era started, I was, like, literally beside myself. I have pictures of my reaction. (laughs) I was just, like, standing still with my hands on my face, just, like, internally screaming, but unable to, like, verbalize anything because I was, like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is everything. The Evermore and the folklore parts were so beautiful. So good. So good. Chills. Chillsies. When she did had like the orbs. They had like the orbs and the cape. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my God. First of all, major Outlander vibes. For anyone who also watches Outlander and knows the opening credits, you know what I mean. <laughs> I've been wanting to get into that, but I just never have. It's very good. It can be quite dark at times. Um, major trigger warning for sexual assault. Just going to throw that out mm. there. But it is a chef's kiss of a show, I will say. I really thoroughly enjoy it. My mom and I are big fans, and we're very excited because, uh, y'all, I don't know. Should we tell the people? Should we tell the people who what special guests you have attending your wedding? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so my mom and I are very excited because my mom will be driving up to Georgia on June 16th because we are taking a trip up to Vermont for a very special reason. And June 16th happens to be when the new season of Outlander premieres. So I'm like, mom, we can watch it. And then we're like going to go up. So yeah, so anyways, my mom is going to Vermont because my husband, um, Sir Sneeze a lot, as you all might know him by, <laughs> he is unable to attend my clan's wedding. And so I very kindly asked my clan, I was like, hey, um, I like, you know, it would have been two of us. So it, can I swap out Mike for my mom? And she's like, I should have invited your mom from the first place. The official hate spitter bait mom TM. Um, yep. we'll be out of attendance. So we will be getting a picture together, obviously, all three of us, and reposting it on Instagram. Yes. So I'm very excited because Mike Lynn and my mom were both at my wedding, but like we weren't doing this yet. So my mom didn't like know of like she like knew she was my friend and you were at my bridal shower. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't like talk and like know all these things about each other at the time. So they've met before, but this will be the first time that they're like meeting meeting like knowing like you know my mom knows her innermost thoughts because she listens to our podcast <laughs> right and she follows me on instagram so, so it's like you know, a whole different yes, vibe yes <laughs> yeah so exactly she knows things now about her um as opposed to back then i was like oh yeah this girl that's like bethany's friend um so yeah so it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be an iconic moment um jackie will be in attendance so everyone get excited it's gonna be amazing <laughs> and i just want to say all as well i've been thinking about this a lot because the other day I made an extremely dark joke to your mother and she did not respond and I am like (laughs) oh my god why did I do that like it's just automatic for me to make like the darkest freaking joke ever and that's like you can't do that to a sweet lady (laughs) what are you thinking so if you're listening to this I'm very sorry about that Donald Trump joke I realize now that it was way too dark (laughs) I'm very sorry (laughs) maybe she like didn't see it I'm surprised she didn't respond that's it was not appropriate I made the darkest joke. That is hysterical, honestly. I did not know this until this moment, and that is very funny oh, to me. Man, I was cool. Oh my god! I made yes. a super dark joke on Friday that night is. with those people too, and then I was like, "Oh god!" <laughs> they were like, "No, no, no!" It's okay. I'm really sorry. I just... They were like, "We love dark humor," and I was like, "Well, thank God!" You're like, thank you for inviting <laughs> inviting me to your beautiful home and making me this beautiful meal. Um, as you all know, if you've listened to the show for like a second. Mike Land and I are not really <laughs> that's putting it mildly putting it mildly and I just wanted to be known that like there was literally a part in the show this is a three-hour show yes. okay y'all and she is just like there and heels dancing like and I don't know how she does it but anyways um I was like I think this is like what religious people get out of religion like I was having a religious moment yes. I was like oh this is like why they like it but like but this was my version of it and yeah, I just I can't again, you know, spoilers everyone, again warning spoilers for Airstore, but I just like can't think of like 
tolerate it live. Oh my! With the table, and like when she starts like throwing things out, the like I those like the cry. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. As someone again, we have talked again. Trigger warning for dreamland discussions of uh relationships of abuse as someone who was in an emotionally abusive relationship i mentioned i think in the past how much tolerate it means to me mm-hmm. and um the first time i listened to the album I, I cry listening to it and it's just been a really powerful song for me and then to see that perform live and like the way she performed it and i was like blown away and also like it was like right after it was like literally the most depressing set of three songs ever which of course is why i loved it it was um, she does Marjorie, which that song Absolutely gets me every beautiful. time, and then Champagne Problems, and then she does Tolerate it back to back to back, and I was like, <laughs> just like having an entire moment. And these bitches behind me, I just want this to go on record. We're talking during Champagne Problems, and I whipped my head around and I gave him a death stare because if you came to Taylor Swift and you're talking, well, that queen is singing one of the most gut wrenching songs of our generation get the fuck it like you do not give your ticket to someone else who deserves to be here okay you don't talk during champagne problems thank you and good day yeah it was like it was like i was literally like it was worshiping like i had like my hand on my chest and then my other hand in the air and i was like (laughs) just sticking to that and i was like oh my god i look like i'm in like it looked like i'm being indoctrinated like yeah i'm like having a cult gospel like moment it probably looked like for half that show all too well, the full 10-minute version live, just, like, the entire stadium singing along. And, like, like that literally, I think that's the closest I've ever felt to God. 100%. <laughs> and there's this moment, like, after she sits down at the piano, after she sings Marjorie, she's like, oh, my God, thank you guys. Like, whatever, like, probably what she says to everybody, honestly. But, like, we all held our phone flashlights <laughs> up during that song. So it was, like, all lit mm-hmm. up. And she's like, wow, that was so beautiful. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, so I'm in my hometown or whatever. And we, the. That part she does not say well, it every yeah, time. Of course. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the entire stadium was yelling for like a solid seven minutes, just cheering. And it was so, I had to get my earplugs out of my bag and put them in my ear because I literally thought my ears were going to explode. It was the loudest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. I was like, my hearing is going to be permanently damaged from this. Um, but I got headphones. I mean, yeah. earplugs. So we're good. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, that's <laughs> it was crazy. So good. Did you all get to see? Were you on the right side of the stage to see her come in in her little cart? No. Oh man. No. And there's like no way to know that really until you're in the stadium. Like, um, we happen to be one of the lucky ones. We did get to see it, and I mean, I'm sure you heard it because yeah. everyone starts cheering like when it happens. But you're like, what is everyone cheering for? And it's like because she's coming in so yes so that was pretty great and yeah it's just it's so good it's so and i i knew i hadn't like seen videos because i was like trying not to spoil it for myself but i knew that she like dove into the stage and then it like looked like she was like swimming like up to the front whatever but like actually seeing that part live game changer so cool like everything the, the entire like production quality all the effects of the show are just like ridiculously amazing um so your surprise songs were forever and always and what else did you get i looked it up and i forgot we got this love we were really convinced that we were gonna get the 1989 announcement like we had our clown makeup on our noses were red Mm -hmm. we were like we're getting a 1989 (laughs) announcement tonight and we did not but (laughs) she did sing this love 
And she kind of had a little smirk on. And I was like, you better not be singing to Matt Healy right now. I swear to God. I swear to God. Yeah, that's very, I don't know. He was there. Was he there? He. Oh, yeah, man. he played guitar for Phoebe. Oh, so he was like on stage. God. Yeah, he was like there, there. He performed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. I don't know. Yeah. He's real. We've we've discussed this in the Discord. Hey, join our Discord if you hate Spinner Baby, you love Taylor Swift, because we discuss these things. Um, we discussed our thoughts and feelings, our complicated <laughs> feelings on that matter. Mike Lane and I have texted also separately about it. I've also texted my friend Katie about it. And I was talking about I just like get vibes off of people. So I was talking to my friend Katie about this because she was like, Oh, I don't know, like this guy's kind of problematic and whatnot. And I was like, Yeah. Um, and I was like, honestly, when the 1975 first came out, I really liked the 1975. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of their new stuff, but that like first album that like really kind of became popular a few years back, I really, really dug. But just something about him rubbed me the wrong way and I couldn't place it. Some of it was he acted like he was I don't know what like the right word is it. Like he was like oh this like i'm this dirty grimy guy who like came from nothing and like i know what county he's from in england and it's like a pretty posh place and i was like don't even man like we all know of course i just hate when people like act like they came from nothing and they like clearly had a very good well-to-do upbringing um so like part of that always bothered me but just like i don't know certain vibes and like the more i've been reading recently because again like i didn't keep up with them i knew of him i was like i don't know like i like the band he's you know like kind of cute but yeah, the more I've been looking into things recently, the more I'm like, yikes. Um, so that's disappointing if the rumors yeah. are true. <sighs> I mean, there aren't even, it's not even rumors. There's straight up interviews he's done where he's said really fucked up racist stuff. Yeah. And they said, like, the, I guess, like, I don't know if there's, like, a PR team that's, like, working on this or something, but mm -hmm. it's, like, circulating that he isn't like that. He's, like, actually really progressive and loving, but he's, like, playing a character. And I'm, like, okay, even if that is true, you're playing the character of an aggressive racist, yeah. so why? Like, what What do you... Like, why is that? that? What's that? Why is that a thing? Like, you, you can be a dirtbag rocker person without being yeah racist and like, also it's like the same thing you, people you, always say about people like tucker carlson where it's like he probably doesn't believe that he's just saying that to make money and it's like i don't give a damn like he's giving a platform to that right. and he's making other people believe that like i don't care if he really thinks that the green m&m is not you know feminine enough or whatever <laughs> like the thing is if he's giving that a platform and it's fucking dumb like i so no i don't support you no matter what you actually believe behind the scenes or whatever like i was thinking that's the weirdest right. excuse you know Ugh. and it's such a cop-out it's such a cop-out yeah, it really is guys we're like almost 20 minutes in and have we touched this book yet no i guess we should probably dive in at some point no i also just want to bring up really quick just the last thing i want to talk about i mean i'll probably bring some stuff up as just we, as we talk, go along, but... we are talking about a book that's all about music. So if we find other times to discuss this tour, um, don't be alarmed. The Vigilante Shit Chair Dance. Yeah. I thought so I was ready for it because I saw it on TikTok, but I wasn't. I wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh my God. No, it's First insane. of all, she's always been like goofy and awkward and like kind of a bad dancer mm. but this tour yeah. she has 
improved <laughs> to say the least. Oh, I also want to say, speaking yeah. of dancers, mad props to the diversity in dancers of this tour. I really respected that. That's something I oh, noticed yeah. pretty early on. And I was like, okay, I love I love the one guy who's like a little bit like not a stereotypical dancer body. And he was fantastic. And I loved like incorporating. I love when you take something that's from a song that like this is clearly established in the song. But when you do it live, it, like, adds this on a little extra meaning. So, like, Bejeweled, when it's, like, nice. And she, like, incorporates it. Like, the dancers, a couple of dancers, like, got spotlighted and, like, did a little dance. And yeah. then she's, like, kind of responding to them. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's just mad props to all the dancers who, again, like, we all talk about how great Taylor Swift is because she deserves every single one of those compliments. And she puts on an excellent show. But also all of those dancers who are dancing for three hours with her. Um, mad props to all of you and just everyone who, you know puts the show together from the stagehands to the musicians and whatnot. Um, a plus, a plus job to all of you. You're doing great work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was an incredible show. It was like, I felt bad because Brooke kept like looking at me to interact with me. And I was like, I literally cannot take my eyes away from this stage right now. I want to interact with you, but I'm going to have to do it with my hands <laughs> because I cannot Look away from like, the stage for even one I'm in the second. Zone. Um, <laughs> also, going back to Vigilante show for a minute, which I love that song a lot, a lot. And then I love it like a lot, a lot, a lot live. Like you said, that dance is everything. The chair dance is everything. So my friend Katie, who is fortunate enough to be seeing four shows on this tour, I saw her second show um, with her. So she already kind of knew certain bits. And, you know, we'd been like chugging water because we were singing at the top of our lungs. So vigilante shit started. And she's always told me like since the album came out, like that was not one of her faves. And so she's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to miss this one. Like, I'm going to I'm going to run in the bathroom. Like, I feel OK missing this one. And I was like, after I saw that perform, I was like, how are you OK with missing that? I would want to see that all four times. <laughs> so that's the one thing I don't understand about. Listen, you know, I love her dearly. We have very similar opinions about Taylor and Taylor shows, and we are great concert buddies for this. And I look forward to seeing Ed Sheeran live with her. I can't wait. I'm counting down the days. But yeah, that I was like, girl, this will be the one thing we don't agree on. <laughs> I love vigilante shit. Yeah, 100%. Everything. Because that was, I was attached. I'm like, this, I will never be the same. This has. <laughs> changed my brain chemistry i am a different person you need to calm down live i mean i didn't even really like that song before this concert and now i'm like i agree yeah i'm not a big fan of that song but i actually really did enjoy it live there's also okay especially because i'm talking to you i apologize but i'm not the biggest reputation fan i'm like the only taylor swift fan like everyone in the stadium went effing wild from the reputations that started and i was excited for it don't get me wrong like the way i feel about reputation is the way i feel about like star wars movies like you know people always ask you to rank your Star Wars movies and i will but i want to make it abundantly clear my least favorite in air quotes star wars film i would much rather watch over just about any other movie so it's like i still love it i just love yeah. it less than the others you know i'm like that's kind of how I feel reputation. I'm like, I still love it. It's like, less it, love it a little bit less than some of the other albums. But anywho, I was really excited to see Reputation live because I didn't get to see the Reputation tour and I haven't seen her perform any of those songs live. There's like four albums basically that she performed during this tour that I've never seen perform live. 
And so I was really excited for Reputation because I was like, I do want to see if seeing it live will change my mind about certain songs that I'm not the biggest fan of. And I will say, I think it really did help. I really did love that set. Just the energy that the crowd was giving off too really helped. Um, Because, yeah, I cannot stand the song, Look What You Made Me Do. I I know. I'm sorry, everyone. But I just can't stand it. (laughs) And I loved it live. Like, I thought it's still not like my favorite song. I wouldn't listen to it on the CD all the time. Or CD. What year is it? Um, 2006. Just listen. But on Apple Music, whatever we're all listening to these days on streaming, um, I wouldn't listen to it all the time. But that performance live may have been one of my like favorite performances of the night. So yeah, so this is the fun of live music is it might change your mind about certain things. I also don't like there's a, there is songs I don't like on the um, Reputation album that I skip. Like I don't like Endgame. Sorry to everybody, but. Yeah, it's it's not great, which is sad because I love both Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran, but I really don't think it's that great of a song. No. And I really hate it. I really hate the line that's like, you're so dope. I overdose or something. And it's like, ooh. (laughs) What? You're like, that's a little problematic. That's a lot of problematic, actually. Listen, maybe we should change that. Like we change the, uh, I'm sure you won't mind if I say that you're gay gay or whatever. Yeah, which was a good call to change that, by the way. And which is what the lyrics kind of changed to, by the way. Um, also, one more thing that I swear to God, y'all, we really will dive into this. But yeah, as a absolute evermore stan, as y'all know that I am, because I don't know, I love angst, I guess, and cottagecore. Same. There are a couple of songs on Evermore that I'm just like, like Cowboy Like Me, I will never like that song. I'm sorry. I skip over it every time. Every time. And Dorothea, not really the biggest fan of that one either. So I'm always like, eh, skip. But then the rest of the album, I'm like injected into my veins. It's so good. <laughs> right Where You Left oh, Me yeah. is like probably one of my favorite songs of all time. Okay. Oh why God. are the bonus tracks always such bangers? I'm like, why are you hiding this in the bonus track? This is so – I was – I would have died if that was my surprise song at our show. Like, would have literally been like, take me to heaven. I can die now. I've lived a good, fulfilled life. I got to see that live. (laughs) I know. I was really hoping for that. Like, I'm happy with my surprise songs. Don't get me wrong. But I was hoping for other songs. So I wasn't, like, as thrilled. But, yeah, um, like, I was hoping for something from Reputation. And I'm also, I'm also bitter. (laughs) This is going to sound crazy. Okay. (laughs) These are real first world problems. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> we're, just, we're like, our surprise songs are not. Yeah. The surprise songs at this free concert I went to. But yeah. <laughs> this, she sang Forever and Always mm. as a dedication mm. to Lena Dunham. And oh, Taylor. Yeah. Don't love that. Taylor. Don't love that. I love you, Taylor. What the fuck are you doing <laughs> hanging out with Lena Dunham? Please, yeah. please and explain also, that to me. That's weird to me considering that like her and Jack Antonoff broke up a really long time ago. I guess amicably because obviously Taylor's still really close with him and like is sort of yeah. like longtime collaborator at this point. So, yeah, I don't know why she's still hanging out with her, but whatever (laughs) yeah she was at the show she was at the philly show and she was like yeah i'm singing this one was requested to me by my friend lena who's here tonight and i was like oh i like turned to brooke and i was like lena done two problematic people in attendance at your show i know philly was the night apparently you know what if there's ever a town for some problematic behavior it's no i'm just kidding it's the city of brotherly love we love it 
<laughs> and also sometimes riots because they're sports team wins, but like whatever. <laughs> the place to have problematic and uh, unhinged moments. There's only one city in the country for that, and that is Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> If you want to make questionable yeah. decisions, you go to Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, don't bring that to the Taylor Swift Philly show. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is very true. You know what? Wow, that's. I think that's the perfect way to end the Taylor <laughs> Swift recap portion of this episode. I agree. <laughs> Just listen. Um, since we all forgot why we're here for a brief moment, can you recap us, Michael Ann? What have we read so far in this lovely book? I'd like to stress again, we love this book, guys. It's just our lives <laughs> yeah. are changed forever, and we have to discuss mm-hmm. it. We, we had to talk. We haven't talked about it because we were waiting yeah. for the pod, so. Yes, exactly. All right. So a little recap. We have Annabelle Green. She is going through a lot right now. Uh, she doesn't have any friends. Her friends have turned on her. Because of some situation that happened with her friend Sophie's boyfriend, we're not, you know, we don't know technically yet, but we all know what happened. We have, we've all read this book. Right. But we um, don't, like, no, no. Mm-hmm. She has two sisters, one of whom lives in New York and is taking some film classes, and the other one lives with her again because she has a pretty bad eating disorder that she's recovering from. We got some good backstory about her so far, and we left off. Where did we leave off? Chapter three? Uh, left off at the end of chapter, no, chapter six? six. I think. Am I- <laughs> no, that's right. The end of chapter six. Yeah. That's correct. And she's started to develop a relationship, a friendship anyways, a friendship. with a certain um, Owen Armstrong. Yes, who is like an angry, tall, buff guy who like punches people in the parking yeah. lot and goes to jail. Yeah, exactly. And okay. really is obsessed with music. He's enlightened, yes. so to speak. He is. He is enlightened. Also... There's two things I was going to say before we dive in. Oh, yes. Here they are. One, trigger warning. I didn't do the trigger warning at this episode. Um, so here you are. If you just fast forward through the Erator spoilies, welcome back. But we're about to dive into some triggering things. So take care of yourselves. We will be discussing some things that are associated with eating disorders and not really a lot of sexual salty bits in this one, but kind of. So just take care of yourselves. And like we said, the last two episodes, if you want to tap out now, totally understandable. We will see you in the next novel. The second thing I wanted to say in the first few chapters, and now that we've read a few more, which we'll be discussing shortly, this might be the novel that does the most interesting thing with time. Like it's yeah. told chronologically, but this is definitely the most like flashbacky novel I think we've ever read. And that's just interesting. Just an interesting thing to know. And I wanted to note it before I forgot. Okay, let's read. (laughs) Let's do it. So chapter six. Let's do it. Chapter six. She is at a a Lakeview Mall calendar photo shoot, which I love. I would love a Mm -hmm. Lakeview Mall calendar, please. Right? Let's make that happen. I love that the Lakeview Mall calendar is distributed along with the new phone book every year. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. Loved that. I was like, hey, oh, we're still distributing phone books. Excellent. We love it. So she's hanging out and she sees Emily from across the the room. Emily is her friend that has kind of ditched her for Sophie or, or taken Sophie's side in this um 
feud that they're having. And there's this, she kind of flashes back here to when she first met Emily. She was new. She invited her out after a Lakeview Mall photo shoot, the last calendar shoot. And Sophie was immediately like aggressive. Um, plainly put, she had issues when it came to other girls, mm. especially pretty ones, even though she herself was gorgeous. She um, always got jealous when Annabelle booked anything for the models. She snapped at her and acted like she was stupid. She wasn't nice to other people. Um, the truth was my friendship with Sophie was complicated. And at times I wondered why she was my best friend when more often than not, I was either tiptoeing around her or having to ignore one barbed comment or another. But then I had to remember how much things cha had changed for me since we started hanging out from that night with Chris Pennington on. So much had happened that I never would have experienced otherwise. And really, when you came down to it, I didn't have anyone else. Sophie made sure of that, too. And I literally wrote here, this feels autobiographical. I feel like I am literally reading a story about my my high school best friend. Like, this is so freaking accurate. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Because yes. you're like, why uh, am I friends with Yeah, that entire paragraph i also just was like highlighting this feel this mm -hmm. in my bones and also really important to note which we touched on a little bit in the first episode that we started discussing just listen and we'll probably touch on ad nauseum as we finish it because her and sophie have a very toxic friendship but we kind of talked about how in dreamland you know obviously when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship um you know, like a romantic relationship and or a, a physically abusive romantic relationship, they will try to kind of keep you away from people. But oh my God, this is something that nobody talks about in platonic relationships. And it happens all the time. Like a friend being so possessive of you and basically ensuring that you have no one else to turn to. And that is like, thank you, Sarah Dessen, for using this novel as a platform to discuss that. Because yeah, the fact that these two... 30-year-old women, well, we're 31, 32 respectively, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we're both like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. When we read this paragraph, just shows that, like, clearly it is a common enough thing <laughs> in, in friendships. I felt like I was, like, 17 again reading this. I was like, like, everything about Sophie, you know, she's, as you said, like, this is, like, an a, a emotionally abusive friendship, which we don't yeah. ever. It really, really is. Like, we don't ever talk about that. Address. No. Yeah. And it's so much more common than I feel like people realize. <laughs> you are not alone if you have been through one. And it's, like, acceptable when you're younger yeah. to have, like, you know, to have, like, a friend who is kind of shitty, but people are like, well, she's your friend. She's been your friend for X amount of time. And remember, like, this one good time you guys had? So it's, like, <laughs> like you should forgive her she's your friend you should let her back in she's your friend like you would never say that in about your boyfriend who's mm -hmm. abusing you but you will take back yeah. abusive friendships over and over and over again and it's like yep. socially acceptable and it's like it's okay to cut your friends off if they're toxic yep. you should cut them off like I've been cut off for being toxic when I was in high school and I want to say to her you go girl because you shouldn't have been around me <laughs> You're like, you know what, actually, you were right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Like, half of the things that Sophie does, if it was a romantic relationship, he'll then, like, dump 
them. Like, dump that asshole. And you all know we love saying run here on this show. But I also just want to make it very abundantly clear. If it's a super toxic friendship, run as well. Like, please run. Get out of it. Do not not stay in that relationship. It ain't worth it. Yeah. 100%. But we're back at this party from the first night. Sophie's, like, really giving – Emily a lot of issues like she just doesn't like her it's really that she's extremely jealous of Emily and she doesn't like that yeah Annabelle's making friends like outside of their friendship like that's but she's not saying that it's not being like established but this guy Greg hits on Emily Sophie gets all annoyed about that she's like he hits on everybody you're not special basically and Annabelle tries to like intervene and make this not a thing but she doesn't succeed and so sophie's pissed sophie's furious so she goes and finds her outside a few minutes later and she says hi and sophie ignores her and she's like where's your friend which is like oh this like whole dialogue section i was like triggered (laughs) like triggered um (laughs) But she's like, where's your friend? And she's like, Sophie, come on. And she's like, what? It's just a question. It's just a question. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's not my friend. She's a freshman. If you want to hang out with her, go ahead. But I don't. She's like, really? You've never done anything without me. I'm the one who's gotten all the guys, found out about all the parties. Before you met me, you were just sitting around passing tissues to Kalark. Rebels. I think she was trying to make fun of the fact that she's congested, but I can't do that because I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, she's just being like super rude and she's just like, yeah. And very like reverse psychology. Like, yeah, she's clearly mad and doesn't want her to hang out with anyone else, but she's acting like, we like, if we're not attached to the hip, you can go hang out with this Emily girl by yourself. Da, da, da. And it's like, no, you're being mean because you don't want her to do that. But yeah. you're like coming about it in a really weird way. <laughs> yeah. You're like being as aggressive as possible and like super petty and <laughs> so petty and just like so like. Like, I can feel myself being back in that position with that friend where you're like, shit, they're mad. They're being mean to me and they're right about everything they're saying. And it's like, how do I make this better? How do I make this better? And it's like, you can't because she wants to be mad at you. Like, she wants you to be upset. So she's going to continue to make you upset. But Sophie ends up making out with Will Cash in a room. And what's her face? Annabelle walks in and it's awkward and then from that point on sophie and will cash are like fully in an extremely toxic and unhealthy relationship and we do get a bendo shout out in this chapter which oh yes we do to note it. yes he's like the band's playing at bendo yeah Bendo, you haven't heard of it and it's like yeah you haven't heard of it i have just <laughs> no shade annabelle no shade Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Get with Have it. Have you heard? Yeah, this Will Cash guy, which we've heard about him. We know that mm-hmm. there's clearly bad vibes. We know that it's the reason that Sophie hates Annabelle now, and there's tension between the two of them. But yeah, we get to find out about how they officially start dating. And we basically get to find out about how he's sort of been a creep from the get-go, and Annabelle has never liked him, yep. has never gotten good vibes, says that he's made her feel uncomfortable. And also, what a weird 
thing with Sophie and the fact that she only thinks that like it's women's fault that like her boyfriend is a cheater like clearly a serial cheater because she like there's this whole bit about how they you know she's like all these women know that he has a girlfriend and like why are they in a room alone with him and it's never putting any blame on the fact that he is also in a room with them but whatever which annabelle like does kind of try to call her out on but to sort of no avail yeah because she's like will and i are in love it's these other girls that are the problem and it's like well obviously not um get your shit together but Mm -hmm. sophie's like driving around like looking for the girls houses and shit like this is bananas and it's so toxic some real real weird stuff I had, this is, oh God, okay, I'm going to try to keep this tangent short because this episode does not need to be like three hours, but this whole part about like her keying the car and Annabelle being there and like not really wanting having anything to do with it. So this again just goes back to how I'm the Clark um, and I was goody two shoes and I was like not about things. So there was this girl in high school that one of my girlfriends didn't like because she thought that her boyfriend like she was like trying to come on to her boyfriend and she was like the shady person but that's not the point of the story the point of the story is one night my friend decided she was just gonna go write like some sidewalk chalk stuff on her driveway so nothing as serious as keying a car but still she wanted to write like I don't know something like back off you slut or whatever I don't think it was actually that but it was like it was not gonna be a nice thing and I didn't really prove it even though I didn't like this girl so anyways I was at home and this is what a nerd I am uh it was this my in between my junior and senior year, I believe. Yeah, like right before my senior year started. I was at home reading the Twilight novels Mm -hmm. because obviously, and just being a goody two-shoes, using the last few days of my summer break to read um, kind of terrible vampire novels, but also I have a deep love for them in my heart, even though I understand they're problematic (laughs) anyways. But so (laughs) there I am reading, and she calls me up, and she's like, this is what we're going to do, da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to continue reading New Moon over here. But you all have fun with that. And lo and behold, and it still pisses me off to this day, senior year starts. And they know that that, like, went down or whatever. I was my, like, first week of my AP government class. And, of course, it was an AP class, even though it was the first week. We had, like, a pop quiz that Friday. And I got called out of that class by a resource officer. And he was like, hey, do you know anything about, like, chalk on this girl's driveway? Which I did, but I had nothing to do with it because, again, I was reading New Moon at my house that night. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man, because I'm not going to, like, incriminate my friend. But also, like, I literally had nothing to do with it. And so I was so pissed. And, like, I looked like a bad kid, and I was the furthest thing from a bad kid. And so I went home and I told my mom, and I was like, hey, listen – my friend did this. I had nothing to do with it. It was this night. You know for a fact I was at home. But, like, this is some bullshit. It didn't even happen on school premises. It happened during summer break. And I am getting called out of class in the middle of an AP government, like, pop quiz. And my mom was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so she walked right into my high school and was like, hi. My daughter has never done anything bad. This literally has nothing to do with anything that happened at school. And she was in the middle of a quiz. And you made her so nervous that she may have not actually did okay on the quiz. But that's not the point. And she's like, that you could have really, like, hindered her performance on that quiz. And she was just starting off her senior year, like, really? And they were like, shit, yeah, you're right. We're really sorry. And they apologized to me. But still, still bit about it to this day that I got called out for something. I was like, I was at home reading New Moon, okay? I'm the Clark. I don't do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, clearly I'm still holding on to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I get it, though. I get it. So back to the Chapter book. 
chapter seven or we've we finished with chapter no, seven. No, no, no. We're, we're still we're on still chapter, chapter six. six. <laughs> They're still been great so far. <laughs> she's still in the flashback where she's talking about Will and Sophie's like beginning. Oh, yes. Yes. And how he's like very sketchy and how she's like going yep. off to key this girl's car because she like looked at her boyfriend or something. Or something. <laughs> and like something like that. And so, you know, she's like, what are you doing this for? Like, they were just talking, whatever. And Annabelle's like, it's a choice. And if you make the wrong. No, Annabelle doesn't say this. I'm sorry. Sophie says it's a choice. And if you make the wrong one, you only have yourself to blame when there are consequences. And it's like, first of all, that was highlighted by the person who owned this book before me. And I'm just I would I would love to talk to them. Like, why did you highlight out of this is the first highlight I've come upon. Of all the things. Yeah, that's the first thing they highlighted in this book. Yeah, I have questions. I also want to know what this person. Hmm. Sometimes they write their names in them, but not this person. Yeah, she says, like, I don't know why she was with him, but when Sophie decided she wanted something, she wanted it. And all the drama, even with all the drama, being with Will made her more envied. So she was the most popular girl, and she loved that. And so Annabelle says, because of this, I wondered if the way she saw Will wasn't really all that different from how I saw her. Well, staying could be difficult. Doing without entirely would be much, much harder. And yeah, I mean, that's when you're get caught up in a toxic relationship, whether it be platonic or romantic, like you're like, well, it would be worse without them. It would be Mm -hmm. worse without them. Um, It wouldn't be just so you guys know if you're out there (laughs) and you're in one of these relationships with a friend or a lover, uh, it is better to leave. And I assure you that. Obviously, there are caveats to that. Let's we don't even have to get into like abuse and and stuff, but. But yeah, if if it is safe for you to leave, leave. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So then we're back. We're back in the present. (laughs) Back in the present. So somebody named Hillary is like trying to get the dirt. She's like, why aren't you and uh, Emily talking anymore? Like, what's going on? But Annabelle doesn't give in. Annabelle's like, nah, I'm good, bro. And then not about that. We're not getting into that yeah, drama. She's like, I'm good. And then we find out that she listened to Owen's radio show and it was no, she's she's tired because she woke mm-hmm. up to listen. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cute, cute. We love that. So cute. I love how I love the music. I love that it's, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like it makes me wonder if this stuff like exists. Right, like just certain songs. Like I think certain ones are obviously made up, but other bits, I'm like, is this real? Is this real? Like are these real things that Sarah Dustin researched? Let's let's find out. Fascinated by that. Let's see if Discart's Dream by Misanthrope. Yeah, I think Misanthrope is, is a real that... band. I think Misanthrope is a real band, right? Is that a real band? Sounds like if not, it should be. It sounds like a real band. Is it a real song? Um, I don't think so. Oh man, Misanthrope really sounds like it's a real band. I know Misanthrope does sound like a real band, but I really thought they were real. Maybe, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, a plus rating again there, Miss Dessen, because you had us believing that Misanthrope was a real band. So, Mm -hmm. God, you're good at naming things. 
You are. You are a good storyteller. Yeah, then there's like <laughs> just like screaming. And then there's like weird techno music. I love this running mm-hmm. bit about the techno music that kind of goes on through the me next two chapters. <laughs> it makes me very happy. <laughs> so then she's kind of back in the thing. She's finishing up her photos and doing her thing. And then she goes home. Yeah. And then we get kind of this like real bummer scene where, you know, her dad like invites her to watch the History Channel with him, which is like we find. Yeah, we find out that's like kind of their thing. That's like how they bond. And but she hasn't been watching it and hanging out with him for the past couple months because she's traumatized by something. And we see again, like she's still for some reason, like not allowing herself to sit with her dad and like enjoy these moments because we don't know yet we don't know why but it's yeah. obviously emotional mm-hmm. and it's like a real bummer she like turns around and looks at him and wishes she could go sit with him and watch this sh- the show but like she just can't bring herself to do it on a plus side it was a show about christopher columbus and i'd like to go on record by saying fuck that guy yeah. <laughs> um so i don't think she missed out and really any like good content um <laughs> But I'm sad that she missed out on that, like, father-daughter bonding moment that clearly, yeah, like, watching the History Channel is their thing. And I'm sad. And the fact that he's just like, all right, next time. And she's like, yeah, definitely. And you know that both of them know that's not true. And, yeah, it just makes me just makes me really sad. Yeah. Even though, again, I've gone on record as saying this dad seems pretty useless. But this is a sweet thing that they share together. And I'm sad that they, they aren't. Right yeah, now. it's hard, like, when you have a dad that's, like, trying to think of like a description like a dad that's not like super emotional super like you know he's like a typical dad right i guess is what we're trying to say and you have that like one special thing that like like me and my dad used to watch spider-man together and so i always like love spider-man because i'm like oh me and my dad bonded over spider-man and it's like those little things you hold on to but yeah it's totally. a bummer big big time bummer it's a big time bummer Oh, now I'm just sad. <laughs> I know. But chapter, I'm just thinking about how great karma was to end the show. All right. I feel good. I feel good again. Taylor's got my spirits back up. I think I'm ready for chapter seven. <laughs> that was an excellent show. An excellent song to close the show with. Oh, my God. So good. The whole, you know, I'm still here. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Others have faded. And you are still here. Look at you go, girl. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. 10 out of 10. No notes. No notes. Chapter Zero. 7. So this is me the first time that she sees Owen since they had that little – he kind of saw her have that moment and then he offered to give her a ride home and she promised that she would listen to his show and he talked about how he didn't like liars. And so that, of course, is why she was up at 7 a.m. She's like, well, now I'm thinking about it and I don't want to be a liar. So I told him I'd listen. And so she's like, I don't know. Are we just going to go back to sitting – at the wall at lunch and keeping our safe distance and not talking. Is he going to approach me? And we get our answer at the top of chapter seven when he asks, did you listen? And she's like, yeah, I did actually. And he wants her to give an honest review. And at first she's being Annabelle and a people pleaser and non-confrontational and is all, oh, it was interesting. And he's like, cut the crap. Like, what did, yeah. what did you think? And she says, or he, this is the first time he tells her about placeholder words, which he says interesting is a placeholder. 
And he says that something you use when you don't want to say something else. And so then he's like, whatever you say, like, I won't be offended. And she's like, you know, she's still kind of being like, oh, yeah, I liked it. And he's like, no, but seriously. And so then finally she's like, I, I didn't like it. It, it was mm-hmm. it was weird. There was screaming. I, I don't like techno. And you know, so he just kind of starts quizzing her on like each song. Well, what about this one? Uh, no. What about this one? Also a no. So they just kind of are going back and forth. But clearly they are. Oh, she talks about the heart music. <laughs> and she's like, that was that was a no. And yeah, and he likes he loves this feedback. Like he finds it really helpful. And I mean, obviously he's gonna still put weird music on his show because it's his show. But yeah, I like this whole little exchange they have. Like I said, he's just kind of quizzing her on each song and, and she's just kind of saying, you know, and then at the end she's like, No, uh, you know, sorry. And he's like, Don't be sorry, it's your opinion. There's no right and wrong in music, you know, just everything in between. And yeah, respect. Like he asked for an honest opinion. She gave an honest opinion. And again, in, in typical women fashion, she feels the need to apologize. And he's like, no, I asked for your opinion. Yeah. And you gave it like it's fine. Like, yeah. Like she on. says, no tantrums, no hurt feelings, no offense. And she's yeah. so used to like Sophie, you know, flying off the handle at like every single turn that she's like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? And he's like, no, I literally right. I asked you for your opinion. You gave it. Thank you. Let's keep hanging out it's it's got to feel so refreshing to you know she's been walking on eggshells around her family and her friendships and to finally have someone where she can just be like oh i can say what i think and they won't be mad what revolutionary <laughs> yep also he he makes a she, dark dark humor joke where he's like people recover from disappointment otherwise it'll be hanging from nooses right <laughs> that's true and she's like what and he's like oh so anyway what about the sea shanty <laughs> like he just totally moves on from it he, it's just, so he moves right on <laughs> yeah Owen <laughs> does have a pretty dark sense of humor which you know what sir I respect you for that same she finds out that she didn't get the mushaka job I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right so I pronounce it I don't know and she's not upset about it again because she's not even really into modeling. She's just doing it for her mom. But of course, her mom is like upset or I don't know, at least thinks that she is. And she leaves her a note in her lunch. And so now she's at lunch reading it. And Owen approaches her and he's like, Oh, did you get bad news? And she's like, Oh, you know, again, she's turning into her typical Annabelle self. Like, Oh, it's, it's nothing. She doesn't really want to discuss it. And then again, like he's already kind of starting to get under her skin and she's realizing like, oh, I can tell him things and he won't, you know, jump down my throat or won't make me feel weird about it. And so she kind of starts telling him a little bit about what it is. And she says it's just a thing with her mom. Like that's as as comfortable as she is talking about it at first. And so he comes at her again and he's like, that's a serious placeholder. Like a thing, like explain, what is the thing? Give me, you know, rephrase and redirect. Tell me exactly what you mean. And so she's like, okay, it has to do with my modeling. And so then this is where he tells her, you know, like, why don't you just tell her? And she's like, as if it were that easy. And again, Mm -hmm. Owen being Owen, he's just like, I don't, why isn't it easy? You know, if this is something you're feeling, and he kind of tells her um, that in anger management, they practiced role playing. And I thought the start was really funny. Apparently, he's very good at it. And everyone wanted him to be their mother. So he played the role of mom a lot. And so he's like, I will be, you know, mom or whatever. And she says here, a week earlier, I hadn't even known what color his eyes were. Now we were family, at least temporarily. <laughs> I thought that line was so funny, but also so true. Like, 
you know, how easy it is to let your guard down with someone when you feel comfortable being open with them. And, and it is funny. But yeah, now we were family. I just I was like, damn, that's a good line. That's very funny. <laughs> that was a good line. So she starts the role play and she's like, mom. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and she's just like, this is so weird. And she's like, so, you know, the thing on my modeling and they're trying to get into it. And she just kind of freaks out and she's like, I can't do it. Um, and he's like, oh, you're so close. So you're right there. And she's like, I'm sorry, I, I just can't. And, you know, and then she kind of makes up an excuse about how she has to go talk to her English teacher about a thing, which is clearly not true. True. And of course, in like typical Owen fashion, he's like not offended. He's just like, OK, see you around. Pops in his, you know, earbuds and he and he starts listening. And um, mom, 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 mom. is this where he talks about? I like how he says here, too, like after she. He's like, I just can't do this. Like, no, 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 no. He's like, look, I'm just going to say this. It's got to suck, you know, keeping something like that in. Walking around every day, having so much you want to say, but not doing it. It's going to make you really mad, right? And he's talking about modeling, but in her head, she's thinking about what happened with Will Cash. Yeah. And like, yes, Owen. Like, Owen has the mindset that I like and try to always have is like, be honest. Yeah. And don't mm -hmm, hold mm -hmm. things in because it's so much worse to hold it in than it is to, like, say it out loud. Yes. So much worse. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I that took me a really long time to realize growing up. And now I'm a lot better at it. And sometimes my husband is still not the best at it. And, like, one day he'll just, like, come home and I can, like, tell that he's off. And I'm like, what's up? And it's, like, clearly this thing that's been bothering him for, like, a really long time. And I'm like – why didn't you like say you were stressed about this like a month ago? And he's like, right. I just, I didn't want it. And I was like, but then this is what happens. Like you get so like bogged down with it. Like I just better to get those things out. And he's like, well, I don't want to upset you and ever. And I'm like, you wouldn't have like, you can just you don't like, yeah. that's what marriage is, is like telling each other stuff. Um, but, right. but yeah, I think it's a really, really hard thing for people yeah. to grasp and especially people who are people pleasers. And yeah, I was one for a really long time. My husband, admittedly, he's always like, I just like, I don't like confrontation. I don't want to upset people. But I was just so funny because, again, like, he's like this metalhead and like, he's just the least metalhead, metalhead you'll ever meet. Because, like, on one hand, he's like, I'm from Long Island and I'm sarcastic and I like thrash metal. But then on the other hand, I'm like, do you think I could use this bathroom in this restaurant? And he's like, we're not eating there. You can't. You put it he's like such a rule follower. And I'm like, I'm going to go in the bathroom. <laughs> he's but so yeah, sweet so. like he he, really? has, he has this like exterior <laughs> but he is so sweet yeah. on the inside i remember you when you guys never know first started dating we were at halloween horror nights and we were both like pretty drunk to be completely honest with you because <laughs> halloween horror nights at universal does this thing called team preview night where they let yeah. employees go and alcohol is 50 off Mm -hmm. so you tend to get pretty drunk and i remember sitting yeah. down like on a curb with him and he was like telling me like how much he was i loved you and stuff and he's like i just love her she's just like so amazing and i was just sitting there like oh my god <laughs> this is beautiful and now you guys are married and now we're married y'all no he really and also yeah when he i can tell he's like a little tipsy when you're, i mean he really is a very like loving person i always say like in the iconic you know, Princess Leia Han Solo exchange. I love you. I know he's the I love you. I'm the I know. So I'm like, yeah, I know. 
you've, you've told me. <laughs> I and I really, I do love him a lot, but I'm just like, we get it. Uh, the sun shines out of my ass. Okay. But can we move on? <laughs> you know, uh, then I think about like your wedding vows and his, I was like sobbing during his wedding vows, like sobbing. And then yours were just like so jokey and you were just like, I just yeah, love you. And like funny. everything's like, <laughs> <You're> and, great. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like so funny to see like the difference. And it's like, yes, that's their relationship. Yeah, right? He's there. like. Yeah, he's definitely the more savvy one, which is funny because, again, like if you didn't know us, like if you looked just from the I I host a podcast about, you know, like teen girl books and I love Pride and Prejudice and Taylor Swift and whatever. And he listens to Metallica and whatever bands that have like hate breed as their name. <laughs> you'd be like oh it's she's clearly got to be and it's like no he's way sappier than i am yeah, yeah. way 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 sappier than i am <laughs> he's a big sap monster but yeah, just like owen you know don't judge a book by its cover sometimes y'all they, exactly. they might just surprise you like owen's just so patient and understanding that we like yeah. seeing through these chapters you know he's like encouraging her to open up more and it's like he barely knows this girl technically right, right. and he's like encouraging her to like get things off her chest and like open up and and heal and i just think that's amazing i second that i do second that so yeah she feels kind of she says at first when she walks away from him using this like i gotta go talk to my english teacher excuse that she feels relieved um but it doesn't last she's thinking about sophie she's thinking about clark she sees clark actually and she's thinking about that time down by the pool and you know it had been another time that she was afraid of conflict and she should have just been honest and she's like you know what it's probably too late for someone like me and clark like i can't go back and fix that but me and owen are just starting a friendship and i can try my best like if if he's you know open and honest with me and has been really understanding with me like i need i owe it to him you know in a sense to to be the same or at least try to be so she tries to like track him down and he happens there she's leaving school now and um he's kind of walking which of course we know he has a car but apparently he has transportation issues so she has her car today and she's like oh um you know hop on in or whatever and because yeah he says transportation issues and she goes this is it i told myself say something anything just spit it out so she says story of my life i told him then reach over pushing open my passenger 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 <laughs> door get in and so yeah like yay annabelle like way to to realize way to to learn from things of your past and realize like oh dang like i i didn't get it right with clark that night at the pool but like i could get it right now and yeah love girl that. that's what that's what growing up is learning from your mistakes. So we love that. We love that. Chapter we love eight. to see growth. Chapter eight. Here we are. Chapter eight. We're doing that. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I was going to, I don't even know what I was going to do there. I, All right. So he's getting in her car. He's six, four and he does not fit. He's like very yeah. cramped in there. My uh, brother-in-law is like six, five or something like that. And I remember when they first started dating, my sister had like a little Jetta and she was like, he can't even get in it because it's so small. Like he doesn't fit. And I'm like, that is so crazy to me. My brother-in-law, who is 6'4", used to drive a Prius and it was the funniest thing. Oh like his God. car was – and it, he looked like he was getting out of a clown car when he <laughs> got out of it. But he loved that car. I mean, he has a much bigger car now. But yeah, it used to crack me up. I was like, That's oh, hilarious. there's Denver and his Prius. 6'4 Denver. 
<laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he seems kind of like grumpy and she's like, "Are you okay?" and he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Much I feel like he's not taking his own advice here because I don't feel like he's fine. But then he kind of calls her out for not having any music playing and she's like, "Oh, I didn't even realize." And it's like so funny because I don't realize. Like sometimes I will drive after when I was serving, especially after a shift, mm-hmm. I would drive home in complete silence. Like sometimes that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Now I pretty much always have something on, but I do usually have music or a podcast on when I'm driving, but I just had this conversation with my mother the other day. Now that I work in an office with sometimes afternoons on certain days, there's just like screaming children after another, after another. And I'm so overstimulated that I get in my car and only have like a 10 to 15 minute ride home now. And I'm just like, I would like to use this 10 minutes to sit in silence. And so I told my mom, I was like, you know, back in the day when we used to make fun of you, when we'd get in the car after school and you wouldn't want to listen to the radio, um, knowing now that you worked with children all day and I work with children all day, I respect that and I get that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then he's then she's like, okay, well, my CDs are in the console center if you want to look at them. So she's like a little self-conscious about her interests. Um, yeah, because she's like, these aren't even my favorites. They're just the ones I like have. In the car. Yeah. And he's like, so you're into that frat boy hippie rock stuff. And that's pretty judgmental if you yeah, ask sir. me. Unless it's spinnerbait, in which case we hate them. So respect if that's who it was. But I don't think Annabelle would listen to such trash. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. But yeah, then he kind of puts he puts on a mix made by Kirsten with some classic rock on there. And we know that our girl Dessen is a big classic rock fan. She loves her Zeppelin. She loves her Pink Floyd, I'm pretty sure. And this uh, right here on this page, 148, changed my life a little bit because I, in high school, also started getting into classic rock a little bit more. Because once you, like, have your own car, you realize, like, how much it's kind of the first time you have the freedom to choose the music you listen to. And so, you know, I was able to surf the radio, you know, for you Gen Zers out there, there's this thing called the radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, search the radio, make, you know, listen to your own CDs, whatever. And I used to listen to the classic rock station sometimes. And I kind of started figuring out my dad is a big like Southern rock fan, which don't get me wrong. I do like some Southern rock, but I realized how much like British rock, uh, classic rock I liked. And mm-hmm. I kind of started becoming a fan of Zeppelin, but I didn't really know where to start, who to, li- you know, what to listen to, whatever. And as I said, this book came out when I was in high school, um, right before I got my license. And so I was like, thank you. I've never heard that song. It's a little bit more of a quote unquote deep cut. And to this day, it's one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. So I'd like to thank Sarah Dessen for that. And to this day, it's also my go-to car wash song because of another reference that comes later in this novel. So if I ever go through the car wash, I always put on Thank You by Led Zeppelin. And if I ever get to meet Sarah one day, I'm going to let her know that. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's all thanks to you, ma'am. I love that. I was listening to a lot of this kind of music um, in my what I call my lost year which is when I lived in Rhode Island my sophomore year of college. Um, that's my last year. That, that year is gone. and But I was obviously in a dark place, but I was listening to a lot of this, and I was like just like blasting it in, the, in my little mercury sable. 
I cannot say the word mercury. 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 Why can mercury. I? I suddenly can't say it out either, and I feel like I could say it. I'm overthinking it now. It feels like mercury. It feels like every time I try to say mercury, it feels like there's a bunch of like marbles in my mouth, and I just like cannot get the, <laughs> mer- get mer- the mer- sounds mer- out. Like <laughs> I'm like my mercury shaver, my mercury. Everyone's like, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm like, Mercury's in retrograde. Like, <laughs> just, I, I just, just Kermit the Frog there, and I loved it. <laughs> the rainbow connection. And <laughs> my Mercury retrograde. If anyone ever wants to cry a little bit and also has money, because this is not an expensive, or this is not a cheap thing, but go to Epcot. And stand right around dusk at Spaceship Earth, and they do this really beautiful rainbow connection little number, and it really makes me emotional. <laughs> it's a newer thing. They've only done it oh in the last, like, I don't know, year or so, um, but it's really beautiful. Thank you, everyone. So if you're ever at Epcot, try to be there right as it like the sun is going down is when they do it, and it's chest kiss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I need, to go- I need to go back to Disney so bad, but it's Freaking expensive, people. Expensive, y'all. I don't think y'all know how expensive it is. It's. I mean, you do. We all. We all live on planet Earth. We all know it's expensive. It's gotten outrageous. (laughs) It's really. It's. It's not cool. But yeah. So, but they're suing Ron DeSantis, so we can get behind that. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't think we. Well, I just. Can I just say one thing? Say one thing. Say, you know what? Owen Owen would want you to say it. So say I'm it. I'm going to say this one thing. Ron DeSantis got fucking married at Disney World. Okay. He had yeah. a Magic Kingdom wedding. Okay. Sure, it's all done. Okay. 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 And now he's going to act all like, oh, this woke Disney and this woke whatever, and we don't want you in this day. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. You gave them money. You gave them a lot of money to get married there. So Florida. Get out of here. Orlando would be nothing if it wasn't for Disney. Mm-hmm. Before Disney got there, it That's was true. like orange groves and swamp. So get your head out of your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Ronnie. I mean, my dad would be happy if it was still that. But <laughs> but the economy would not be yes. great. And y'all like not paying state taxes. Yeah, you can thank the tourism industry for yeah. that. So... What do you, I don't know, Ronnie. I don't think people are going to like you very much if suddenly they had to pay state taxes. Now, would they? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Thank you. Moving on. Moving Before on. we do a 20 minute long rant, we um, could. We could get real. We could. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're making another three star review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we will ask you for that. So we'll get back on topic, I guess. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're talking about thank you, and they're listening to this little mix, and she's talking about Kirsten's love for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and also I just want everyone to know, last week we had some technical difficulties besides the f- my husband and Willow. We also, like, <laughs> I cut out for a little bit, and I had to, like, re-enter the stream. It was a whole thing, but anywho... During that long pause, Michael Ann left some really funny messages and some singing. And my favorite one, which I texted her as I was editing, was Prince Charles is king now. That can't be good. I literally <laughs> laughed out loud. I just like want to put that somewhere. Like, I don't know, put it on my gravestone or something, y'all. Prince Charles is king now. That can't be good. <laughs> can't be good. Here lies Bethany. 
Um, it really, oh. and it just was like said in the story. She was just like, Prince Charles is king now. That can't be good. <laughs> like a very like sing songy, like quiet, matter of fact voice. And it was, whew, it was so good. I was like, thank you for these messages. <laughs> So yeah, and then I was like, at one point she's like, Bethany's gone. This is my podcast now. We're talking about, and it was cracking me up. <laughs> but anyways, um, so these are the things that you miss out on the, the cutting room floor. Again, maybe one day we'll just put these weird little snippets up for like, I don't know, on the, for the Patreon peeps or something. But yeah, it's some real good gems is, is yeah. all I'm saying. Real good gems. Really good. Yeah. Pink Floyd. So Kirsten and her Pink Floyd phase. Yes. <laughs> So he, she apologizes for this afternoon and he's like kind of confused. Like, what do you mean? And he, but instead he's like, um, that was freaking out. And she was like, well, yeah, I like freaked out. And he's like, uh, she's like, I didn't mean to get so upset. I just don't do confrontations very well. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, it's all right. To me, that wasn't really freaking out. Like, He's like, like, she's so stressed about upsetting people that this very low key, like minor moment where she just took herself out of the situation. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. And he's like, girl, did you punch someone in the parking lot? Knock them out. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, nope, can't say that I did. Mm hmm. So then they pull up to his house and they're just like sitting in his driveway, like chatting. Like they obviously don't want to separate because they're obviously falling in love already. So it's pretty great. But um, I really like this part too, where he's like, where she says, yeah, you've got to get stuff out. Otherwise it just festers and eventually you just blow. And Annabelle says, see, that's the part I can't deal with. I can't take it when people are angry. And Owen here says something that just like got to my like literal deepest bones he said anger is not bad it's human and anyway just because someone's upset doesn't mean they'll stay that way well maybe you weren't as close to them as you thought meaning that if someone is really close with you you're getting upset or them getting upset is okay and they don't change because of it it's just part of the relationship it happens you deal with it and he also says here that like his anger management isn't about not feeling anger. It's about how you deal with those emotions. And as somebody who is capital A angry, um, <laughs> I <laughs> really appreciate this because I am, I am, my art page is called angry girl art for a reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I just love that. Yeah. I, I want a ring now that says go fuck yourself on the inside and then another one that says or not. Or I not. Want these I rings. know. I have always been obsessed with the rings. Like, oh, that's a very vivid memory of this novel is the rings. I was the second we got to this page, I was like, we're getting the ring reveal. Because <laughs> I, I love it. I yeah. like I wish we could like make them. Right. Honestly, that would be fantastic. But yeah, it's that's good. I love it. Dr. Pepper and- sponsor us. Yeah, Dr. Pepper, could you please sponsor us so we can do cool things like make fuck yourself or not rings because it's always nice to have options. Yeah, these two pages are everything to me. The rings, the whole discussion about it's human to be angry, which, yeah, like it is. It's the most human thing to be angry, to be sad, to be happy. Like all those things are totally genuine emotions. It's why Inside Out wrecked me as a human being um, and the whole movie's about it's okay to be like sad and stuff. And yeah, and I was like, yes, it is. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Like if, you know, and I, I understand where Annabelle's coming from where she was saying like, and you know, he's like, just because someone's mad doesn't mean they're going to stay that way. And she's like, well, in my, you know, in my life that they, they do like Clark has never, she was mad at me and she never forgave me. And I could see her being afraid of upsetting people. But yeah, if, if they, if you have one little fight with someone, if you get angry and, and speak your mind with someone and they no longer want to talk to you, you weren't that close. You're not missing out on having them in your life. People who really care will will always come back and will hear you out and understand why you're upset. And yeah, that is yeah, just really important information, I feel like, to remember as a yeah. human being. So thank you, Owen. And right on, man. <laughs> as a woman, not to bring yeah. this back to feminism, but as a woman, we are really not allowed to like express any sort of like anger. And of course, this is even more intense for like black women and mm-hmm. um and like you know men can't show like sadness or like love so that gets really complicated in society too and it is all about the patriarchy and my friends and mm-hmm. like taylor swift says and all too well fuck the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> just fuck it we told you we'd bring it back to taylor we've done we, it a few we've times we've done episode. it and but yeah continue i i love that so. like show of like she is such a people pleaser. She's like, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I need to be like nice and chill at all times. And it's like, yeah, that's like what you're conditioned to think you need to be mm-hmm. is like this agreeable to bring it again to Taylor Swift. Her song, <laughs> the man um, uh, really outlines God. this really well as well. Yep. Yeah. It really is insane to me how often women showing the briefest of emotions are labeled a bitch. Like it's yeah. it's so hard. I really don't think unless you are a woman, which chances are if you're listening to this episode, you are. Because <laughs> most <laughs> of our audience is female, which hey, rock on. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to explain that to someone who is not like how you can be taken less seriously in a job for voicing an opinion in a certain yeah. way and like how you have to maneuver yourself to to talk to a boss differently than a, a man does and yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous <laughs> side tangent really quick but i had this like epiphany this week because my last job um i don't know if i talked about this on the pod but i've definitely talked about this to you my last job was like Every single person in leadership was a white man, a white straight man. The environment was bad. They were like super condescending to women. Like one time my boss told me that my headphones weren't working because I was blasting Barbie girl all day. And I was just like, what? Okay. Thanks um, for your input, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is that, are you f- trying to be funny? Um, but it was like always kind of degrading and they always made me like the secretary. Like I was always doing like, you know, that kind of thing. And now at my new job, my manager is a woman, my supervisor is a woman. And like most, I interact pretty much only with women. And it is such a huge difference. Like I've never felt so supported in a workplace. I've never felt like so heard in a workplace. Like everything is just so much healthier. And I, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a huge difference. It's such a huge difference for sure. Yeah. That's, I really think that yeah when when women are running things or when when anyone who isn't a you know straight cis white male is running things it's crazy how we talk about having diversity you know the glass ceiling and whatever but it really does make a difference and again i'm not saying that 
white men can't be in positions of power because clearly they've been doing it for years. We're not trying to steal all your jobs, man. But, um, or but yeah. are we? Or are we? Bah, 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 bah. Or <laughs> are we? But it is oh, such a sure. difference when, yeah, you have a female leader and it just, yeah. It's, and it's like this this joint level of respect. You know, I yes. I respect leadership when they respect me. And yeah. I feel like usually female leaders have respected me more. And, and I'm going to put more respect back into them. That's, you know, as simple as mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And just like not treating me like a – like I feel like infantilized by like m- older men in positions of power a lot. Like – When I would be like talking to my boss or like my coworkers, I'm like, you guys are like five years older than me, but you're talking to me like I'm 12, like I'm 15. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what? You know, you like eventually get to the point where where it like gets in your head and you're like, am I a child? Like, it's like just really hard to work in an environment like that. So shout out to my new job and shout out to my new coworkers and managers. You guys are amazing. We salute you. <laughs> we salute you. Thank you so, so much. So Mallory pops up. Oh, Mallory. And she's like obsessed with Annabelle. She's like, oh my God, come into my room. See my room. Ah! And Owen's like, please back away from the car. And, you know, he's like clearly extremely annoyed by her. And um, his mom like pulls her away and makes her go inside. And she's like, yeah, he just like inhales loudly several times in a row. And he was like, I'm just annoyed. I don't know what it is about her. It's just something about sisters. They can make you crazy. And she's like, story of my life. And um, (laughs) she's like, oh, yeah, I was just repeating you. Yeah, because he says, like, you say that a lot. And she's like, you said it first. And so she says, like, the day behind the school and, like, they first kind of really fully talked to each other, apparently. He he said it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have this whole, like, debate on what that expression means. Like, is it nice? Is it is it empathy? Or is it saying, like, oh, yeah, your problem isn't that serious because, like, we've all had it or whatever. And she's kind of on the side of, like, I think it's saying, like, you're relating to someone and it's nice. Yeah. And, yeah. And so they just kind of have this little debate on, which I love how much of Owen is, like, debates on words and stuff. Yeah. Like the whole placeholders and the, you know, the R&R and everything. It's just, I don't know. It's funny. But also a lot of good points that it are made. <laughs> like, I like this, like, mindset. Like, I like what he says. Like, because it's, it. Yeah, I just like it. I like it. And also in communication, the clearer you are, the better. So yes. I'm 100% like interesting thing, like, you know, those placeholder words. And I was like, yeah, I, there are so many times I probably use placeholders as in my everyday life and I don't realize it. And it's just like, be clear. Say what you want. Say what you mean. Like, yeah, like so many arguments in life are like, well, I didn't mean that. And it's like, well, why'd you say it then? Like, say what you mean. Yeah. If that's, you know, like, think before you speak, which is easier said than done. But, you know. Yeah, there's an episode of Gilmore Girls that I skip in every single one of my rewatchings. Every single one. <laughs> it's the episode where Jess gets a black eye from a swan and he goes to. I have to skip it every time because I'm like, they're like fighting at the dinner table. And I'm like, why aren't you just telling her the truth? 
And then yep. she's like, was it Dean? And then it, that pisses him off. And he's like, well, I'm just going to let you think what you want, Boopy. It's like, just tell her about the friggin' swan. Just it would take two swan. seconds. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. It just, I hate, it blows up into this whole fight. And it like was such a non-issue. <laughs> it's such a non-issue. Like, it, it's just like, this is not real. Please don't do this to yourselves. But that was kind of Jess's whole thing. But anyway. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, but we love him. <laughs> We also didn't mention that while they were sitting together at lunch, Emily and Sophie see them and are like whispering and being really obvious yeah. about it. So when chapter nine starts, we get to see like the rumor mills kind of starting to give them some nicknames, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, the odd couple, Shrek and Fiona, um, which Shrek and Fiona were massively in love. So thank you. Like who wouldn't want to be Shrek and Fiona? You exactly. Know? Seriously. Yeah, they were like, we're not really together, but we're not friends. We're not strangers. So we're like somewhere in the middle, which is kind of like her yeah. thing. We're chilling. We're not going to put a label on it, but we might be falling in love. It's fine. <laughs> we might be soulmates, but no big deal. We're like, no big deal. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to make a thing of it. Oh. They like always discuss like differences that they have and she starts sharing her lunch with him because he spends his lunch money on music yeah, i like that he doesn't eat and I now know. she's like feeding him <laughs> so i know sort of cute it's like pathetic and cute he's like teaching her how to take care of herself emotionally and she's like taking care of him like physically she's like here you yeah. go here's the here, sandwich need- food is good you're you're yeah. a big boy you need food you need sustenance oh. yes I also like so twice now thrash metal has come up because again they're just like going over the show just like before he kind of goes through it with her like song by song um so yeah so they're just kind of going through song by song like they did the first time this has kind of become their routine and this is where we're about to get a really good exchange over the techno music which I'm excited for because I just cracks me up but Thrash metal has come up twice now, and as I mentioned earlier in the pod, my husband, a super big metal head, he has listened to metal since probably, I don't know, he was like 13 or something. He's still a really big metal head. And when he first started to try to introduce me to metal, I think he thought like, oh, let's make her listen to the more like ballady type stuff because she likes pop music and singer songwriters and like that'll be like an easier introduction to it. And I couldn't stand any of it. And I was like, I don't like their voices. I don't like this. No. And then I started doing my own research because I was just like, well, this is something that he's interested in. I I would like to show that I try and I care because, again, as I've discussed before, I'm really into supporting people's passions, even if you don't entirely get it, but, you know, whatever. And so I started listening to some Metallica songs on my own just to see, like, what I might like, if anything. And what we've determined is if I listen to metal, I am a thrash metal fan because I started telling him songs <laughs> I like and he goes, you like thrash? And I go, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and he's like, oh. So then he started, like, recommending me thrash metal songs. So I was like, yeah, I like this one. Oh, this one's fun to dance to. Okay. And he's and he was like so surprised because he was like really trying to but yeah all the other stuff I was like no I don't like it no I don't like this no I don't like this so if I'm gonna listen to metal thrash is the way apparently for me I don't know I still don't really know what it means I love y'all, that. but whiplash is my favorite Metallica song so if any of you know that that is the type of song that I like to listen to when it comes to metal okay <laughs> I, I should start listening I should try it out and see what I'm into I've never yeah. listened to metal like I've never listened to metallica or anything like that and i would feel most of it i, I i'm just never mm, i just can't get into 
<laughs> but I was just really so like there's a couple anthrax songs I like and he mostly tried to get me into anthrax because he knows how much I like Scott Ian from being on the I love the shows on VH1 and I was like I love that oh, guy yeah. and so he's like he's in anthrax and most of it I can't really get into but there's a few songs um I do enjoy because they do some more like quote-unquote thrash metal I guess I don't like new metal at all cannot stand it um and i don't know there's one that's like hard something it's like i can't there's so many terms i can't remember them all but there's another one that i like really do not like (laughs) but apparently (laughs) i can occasionally get into some thrash (laughs) i love that just wanted to bring that up because i was like man thrash metal has been brought up twice and i know what that means kind of not really (laughs) i love that (laughs) and then he said how about the last song i played the one with the glockenspiel (laughs) what a great can you imagine like a six four like angry looking teenage boy just being like what about the one with the glockenspiel like the image of that to me so funny again if this is ever made into a movie please have owen say glockenspiel at some point because so good mm. and he's like some yodeling at the beginning she's like yodeling <laughs> is that what that was oh i love that but yeah, so they're just like going back to clock and spiel and, and the yodeling and it's just, it, it cracks me up, this entire conversation. And also, as if Owen wasn't already iconic enough on page 161, Owen hated silence, also on his list of dislikes, peanut butter, too dry, liars, self-explanatory, and people who didn't tip. Guys, shout out. The perfect guy does exist. I'm just kidding. He's not he perfect, does. But wow. Love that. 10 out of 10. He does deliver pizzas. And so he says delivering pizzas didn't pay that well, apparently. And it's like, yeah, tip your delivery drivers. Tip if you're going and doing a pickup order. They're probably splitting those. And like if you tip a dollar, like that's nice. If you're doing it to go or like tip, just always tip when you're dining in always 100% tip. tip. But yeah, like I hate when people are like, well, I went and I picked it up from the pizza place. And it's like, yeah, but like they still had they to it. make it and box it up and get you your to-go silverware and give it to you. Like there was still effort being made there and tip them. <laughs> Thank you. Tip them. Guys are crazy. I know. I always tip at Starbucks too. Samesies. Yes. And I love that they finally added it on when you pay like electronically. Cause it used to be like if you paid with a card, I was always like, I don't and I usually like being a server you know obviously for a long time I had some kind of cash on me and if there was a tip jar I would throw it in there um but I love that I can just like put it like you know on the card or on the app or whatever now like that makes life a lot easier so thank you to the people who developed that so I can tip my baristas (laughs) yeah exactly oh my god I'm sorry I'm sorry y'all also it's almost nine so I gotta be honest that's my bedtime we're we're partying late tonight guys I'm gonna try to see if I can really are squeezing some ted lasso before i do my next podcast i'm very popular on wednesdays just kidding <laughs> we'll see we'll see if we can make uh, it off him um so yeah so they yes. are talking about he's he asking talk- her what she hates right oh what makes you mad um and this is where she says she looks over at sophie and of course is thinking about that but she's like techno music <laughs> because they just <laughs> have this whole conversation about techno music and he's like haha seriously and she's like i don't know my sisters and and she's like i can't think of anything else and he's like please like i'm certain besides a certain genre of music and your siblings there's like something that makes you mad and like i just i love the whole running joke about the techno music i just really do 
Um, I was just going to say, we also find out right before that, that he had to listen to his parents like scream oh, at each yeah. other during the their divorce. divorce. And yes, they put him important. like in the middle as like the middleman and it it's really fucked him up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make your divorce your kid's problem, mm-hmm. please. For the love of please. God. Please. Yeah. It sounds like he it's- really got the raw end of the deal during that divorce. And yeah, he talks about how that's he always like really liked music but a year and a half ago when all that went down he like became obsessed with the way that he is now with the yodeling and the techno and the yeah and all he says he started listening to this like college station and um he started looking up the things that they were listening to and he started getting into obscure things and he was talking about how like his parents kept wanting him to have an opinion to take sides whatever and he liked finding obscure music because no one could tell you how to feel about it when no one's heard of it like you could just think whatever you wanted and i was like wow yeah like that's a cool like way to to think about it i guess yeah yeah i really liked that same i like it i like it a lot and then yeah so he's talking about how she's like you know maybe it's not as angry as you and he's like well nobody's angry as i am um that's a fact but even you have to have something that really pisses you off and of course, Annabelle's like being Annabelle and she can't. Um, so she's talking about, you know, anger management. And he's like, it's not to make you not angry. It's just to help you. He's like, it's literally what it's called. <laughs> it's to help you manage your anger. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so then she talks about how, again, just how like honest he is. And she says, you know, she asked him like what his opinion of her was when they first met. And he said, um, too perfect and completely unapproachable and then she's asked about the state of his love life which is non-existent currently which like i don't know about that one <laughs> you might think wink that, wink but uh <laughs> but i see something brewing and and then yeah just like all these things that she asked him he's always like really honest what's another she says another good example um, oh yeah he, she's like my clothes not your best shade he told me about a new peach colored shirt (laughs) and her haircut he's like i preferred it long which like why are guys always like that but you know what i'll let that one pass someone i'll let that one pass and (laughs) so yeah so she asked him like is there anything that you wouldn't ever be honest about and he's like no i don't like liars i don't lie and she's like it's not lying it's just not telling and so he's like no i like i would always i would always tell the truth and yeah he's like i don't participate in any sort of deception yeah um which respect man seriously respect. God, that must be like so freeing to live like that again i think i'm a pretty honest person but i too am you know again i, I try not to stir the pot too much i think everyone does not tell so to speak or, or tell a little white lie occasionally and yeah what god I don't know. Like Annabelle's talking about how the more she hangs out with him, the more she wants to, she realizes how often she isn't completely truthful or how she, you know, wants to start telling more. And yeah, just like rereading this book, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to make an effort to, <laughs> to not, you know, um, to try to be as, as honest as, as possible. Cause I think of myself as an honest person, but yeah, I, I think there's my honest and then there's like Owen's honest. And this is where we yeah. get page 164, everyone. We get our title drop. 
which yeah, I guess we can say technically goes to Owen. We always like to say who gets the the title drop in the book, and I, I it's him. I guess he he writes it on something. He hands her a, C, a sack of CDs, which he calls a few, and Annabelle jokes that like a few to him is ten. And each kind of has a different genre. So there's true hip hop, chants and shanties, various, which I love that. Um, <laughs> tolerable jazz. I really love that because not a lot of jazz is tolerable. And most of the intolerable is the white people who should, um, you know, we're not going to get into that. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just going to leave that one. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> actual singers actually singing. I do also enjoy that genre. And then the last one is Just Listen. And she says, instantly, I was suspicious. Is this techno? I asked him. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe you just assumed that. He said offended. And then he's like, it's not techno. And he was saying, like, each one has, you know, he's considering this an education. He's giving her a sampling of each kind of thing. And, and if there's anything she likes more of, you know, really genuinely likes, he'll give her more of it. But that one, he says, it's a little different. It's, you know, it's a little out there. Just just listen, you know. And so he says, yeah. um, don't think or judge, just listen. And yeah, I think iconic. That's iconic. That is literally an iconic line and something that is really, really hard to do in life. And we would all be better for if we did. <laughs> but you know what? Uh yeah. And oh, hey, where you live gets a little shout out. Little Charleston, South Carolina. I know. Holla. Holla. That's where her dad and her mom are going. We cut from Owen at school to she's home. And her dad is desperately trying to get this architect to this architect um, convention in Charleston, which mom has been invited to because it's their favorite city and she can go around and shop and just enjoy the city while he's at his conference and then they'll enjoy the evenings together. And of course, mom is like worried because she's always worried about Whitney and she'll be leaving Whitney alone. And they're talking about this new therapist that Whitney has, um, uh, has is going to see that's been recommended to her. Her name is Maura Bell and apparently she's crazy. She does some kind of unorthodox things. Like she asked this one girl, to make fire every day and annabelle says that her mom looks like she's she might burn down the house or something she's like concerned that Wendy might burn down the house which i think is kind of funny and yeah her dad is just like we we gotta go and they do inevitably get out of the house yay um even though mom is again she is a little bit concerned and she says that um once they're gone She's, like, trying to make conversation with uh, Whitney, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she's just like, well, never mind. And then we have the Lakeview Mall Fall Fashion Show. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. We love the Lakeview Mall. Oh, God. Lakeview Mall Fashion Shows. How great. How of the time. And she runs into Mallory because Jenny Reef is also doing like a little concert, which like also this is probably we're in the last like few years here in 2006 where like pop acts were still doing like mall concerts. But that was the big like One Direction, I think, was still like doing that. And that's really the last pop act I can remember. Like bring back mall mm -hmm. concerts is what I'm saying. OK, y'all, like what a great time. What a weird but amazing promotion that was. 
Um, I also have a whole rant about TRL, but this episode is going to be really long, so I'll save that for next time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's really, it's really good. Um, It's like, it's like a good rant. Um, But yeah, we'll get to that later. We just don't have the time today, y'all. We don't. We don't. We really do not. Um. So yeah. So she runs into Mallory, and she finally officially gets to meet Owen's mom. And they're just having this whole, like, you know, Mallory, of course, is just like with Owen, was like, you don't know that she's the Lakeview Mall model. And, of course, Mrs. Armstrong is like, I don't know what any of that means. And um, Annabelle says she's looking at her shoes to see if they are vegan, which is funny. We get a boo (laughs) reference because apparently Mallory and Mrs. Armstrong go to one of her – it's a group – um, this this wonderful woman studies professor from the university, Boo Connell. Yes, yes. Shout out. This group does sound great. Um, it's like six like mothers and six daughters, and they're just like talking about issues. Which also, though, her mom, a little like she's like, I want her to think less about fashion and pop music or whatever she says, and think more about issues. And it's like you can think about both. Like you can like fashion and be concerned about the state of the world. So. Maybe cut your daughter a little slack there. (laughs) Yeah. Boo was like this. We talked about during Dreamland too. Um, And it's like, it's like Gen X feminism where it's like all or nothing. Mm -hmm. They don't have any like concept of being both extremely feminine and caring about issues. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you can do both. And so then her Mallory's mom uh, slash Owen's mom is starts talking about menstruating in front of Annabelle, which just absolutely embarrasses the hell out of Mallory. And she's like, mom, you're not talking about getting your period with Annabelle Green. And she's like, menstruation (laughs) is nothing to be embarrassed about, sweetie. And I'm like, hell's yeah to that. Yeah. Normalized menstruation. We're all about that. Went to go see Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret this past weekend with my mom. 10 out of 10. It was really – it was great. And it was a great mother-daughter movie to go see on Mother's Day weekend. So that was good. I love that you guys went and saw that together. Oh, my God. So good. It was so good. It was really good. I love that for you. It was really, really good. Yeah, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 as well on that one. Also, no notes. Um – (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so then Mallory kind of has this whole little like conversation with her and she's like how could you humiliate me like that and Annabelle's kind of walking away so she doesn't get to hear it um but she says that she sees them from you know kind of a ways away and and she seems to kind of be like down at Mallory's level talking to her so it sounds like they're having a little a little I don't know maybe they're doing a little R&R there who knows rephrasing and redirecting maybe the whole family has learned from Owen's anger management I certainly hope so and then she wraps up with that and when she gets home later Whitney is outside planting some herbs and she is not pleased about it and this is what that you know new therapist has recommended she doesn't get it it's winter she's annoyed about Mm -hmm. it and (laughs) she's like what am i gonna do with these and annabelle's like cook and she's like cook right and so she says like great i I somehow stepped into that again I, i said the wrong thing somehow and then Kirsten calls, starts leaving a voicemail because Annabelle doesn't get to the phone quick enough. And as we know, Whitney is certainly not going to answer it because they are not on speaking terms. She is very excited. She did a short film and she's going to present it. 
and she this weekend at like a little festival her which like TA awesome recommended for you her. girl yeah i'm i like she's excited and i think she has every right to be and she's all like i'll email it to you and it's about me and whitney and the time she fell off the bike on your birthday and you know it's fictional but it's like not fictional and yeah they just have this little conversation and i'm proud of her like she's doing good and that's awesome also, she brings up uh, this T.A. Brian again, and I feel like that might be someone we continue to see. That might be leading somewhere. I think you might be right about that one. And yeah, and then we, we cut back here at the end of the chapter, which is where we'll be finishing off today. And Whitney has um, officially planted her herbs. And she's all like, whatever, like, this is pointless. Let's see how this goes. And she says, what is her exact phrase that she says? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here goes nothing. And again, it's always nice to have options. So Annabelle goes, or not. And she's a little worried that she may have said the wrong thing again. But Winnie like, doesn't really say anything back. So she's like, okay, all right. That was, she said, well, she says, we'll see, um, which is kind of promising. And yeah, and there she is. And she says that um that you know even though whitney doesn't seem into it she might see it as a stupid exercise and you couldn't grow things in the winter but there was something i liked about the idea of those seeds buried so deep having at least a chance to emerge even if you couldn't see it beneath the surface molecules were bonding energy pushing up slowly as something works so hard all alone to grow Mm -hmm. i love that also this is perfect timing because my fiance just asked me to come pick him up at work so that is that Nailed is beautiful. It. I think that this um I think this exercise will actually end up being good for Whitney. I think she's being a little negative yeah. Nancy, but I think we're already seeing progress because she went out, she bought the materials and she did it. So it's like she's, she's doing it. Yeah. In. Um but I think this lady is is yeah, everyone thinks she's crazy, but I think she knows what she's doing. I think, so I think she's on to something I think here so too. <laughs> so that was that. Um join us next week. Yes, next week we are gonna be back. Um and yes. probably as harebrained yeah. as ever. All right, guys, again, we are leading up to the yes. wedding. It's happening. Yes. Y'all, like, come July, Mike Land's going to be refreshed. I'm gonna be we're going to be, like, a whole new I'm going to be a different person after June 19th. <laughs> I'm going to be a different freaking person. It's going to be amazing. Um, be but great. thank you all for joining us. Um, I hope you all have a great week. I hope you take care of yourselves. Join us on Patreon mm-hmm. if you want. Patreon.com slash HateSpinnerBait pod, I think. Um, link is in bio. Link is yes. in description. If you loved listening to us talk about Taylor Swift for like 20 minutes earlier, join join the Patreon. You can talk about Taylor Swift even more. Yep, exactly. We like we to love do it. it. It's our fave. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us, everyone. What is it? Don't don't think, don't judge, just listen. I hope everyone tries their best to do that this week. That's your that's your mission of the and week. Be more honest. <laughs> yes. And be more honest. Yeah, let's do it. We're all going to try this yeah. week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.